Welcome to the Money Mentors Podcast. My name is Glenn Fairburn and Nathan Lear and myself are the hosts of this program. We're both directors and private client advisors at Hewlson Private Wealth, which is one of Australia's leading independent financial planning and wealth management firms. Um, this week, Nathan and I have, have a chat about a recent episode that appeared on 60 Minutes, which was told Bricks and Slaughter. Uh, the episode had a fairly um, dire warning about the future of property prices within Australia and the fact that in, in some of their um, opinions, the market might fall by 40%. Um, property is always, a, I suppose, a, a pretty hot topic. Um, we found it very popular with our listeners. Um, so we thought that we'd have a bit of a chat about some of the things that we discussed on the program and, and what our views, views are. Um, so we hope you enjoy the podcast. Thank you. Welcome everybody to this week's episode. Uh, so Glenn, last night on the 60 Minutes, there was a report on property, Australian property. Uh, obviously a very, uh, usually a very popular segment when, it, when anybody's talking about property in Australia. Um, so the, the heading of the segment was Bricks and Slaughter, um, where I guess the report in a nutshell spoke about uh, a looming 40% fall in Australian property prices over the next 12 months. So I guess we wanted to have a, a bit of a chat about this today because we, I mean, personally when I was watching it, I, I just felt it was so alarmist and, you know, sensationalist reporting and, uh, you know, it could potentially result in people taking taking action based on fear-mongering. So we just wanted to have a bit of a chat about it and hopefully have more of a balanced view on, you know, what might play out in the property market over the next little um, period. So what was your take, Glenn? You had a yeah, watch of it too? I, I tend to agree. I mean, I, I think that, you know, I'm, a, I suppose, a bit, a bit of an optimist. So, so when there's... Uh, sort of occurrences like this where it's very alarmist, very, very sensationalist, alarm bells ringing. Um, and unfortunately, as we've said many times in the media, it's the bad news that sells newspapers and gets people's attention on, on TV. And look, it, it, it was, I, I suppose, look, in some ways it's a little bit concerning that, um, you know, when, when you have so-called experts saying that the market's going to fall 40%. And I was probably a little bit disappointed they didn't have sort of the alternative view maybe. Like they, they did go very much down that sort of negative view where they had a, you know, an, an analyst or a sort of statistics expert. Then they had a liquidator. Um, they only managed to speak to one real estate agent who, who was prepared to talk negative about the property market. So I, I think in any argument, whether it's investment or I think anything really, it's always good to get both sides of the argument. Then you can decide where you sit within that. Um, so look, I suppose it's you would you would hate to see or, or or hear or read that people have taken irrational um, or made irrational decisions because of sort of one report. And I'm sure most people wouldn't, but I suppose it's always alarming when you you, ha- you start hearing stories about you know the property market going to fall forty percent, um, that everyone's going to lose or every property owners going to lose as a result of the downturn um that the same thing that happened in the u.s with their sort of global financial crisis being led by a downturn in their property market it's going to happen here i mean th- these are the sort of stories that we've been hearing for 10 years um but look i, I think that we-, we would probably agree um that you know I-, I know one of the commentators said that the party's over we would agree with that i think i mean the market's been extremely strong over the last almost two decades 
Um, and you know, we've said many, many times on on this podcast that to to sort of believe that the only way that property moves is up that that's a bit of a a fallacy and 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 what that's probably as irrational as saying that the market's going to fall forty percent. But um, look, who knows what's going to happen? But I think it was very alarmist and some of the things that were said there that you should just get out while you can i don't know whether that's sort of the right advice for people yeah yeah look i made note of that comment as well get out while you can and i just thought um you know that was part of the they showed that in the introduction as well and it just it just did paint a very negative picture and look i suppose you know clearance rates are lower like they Mm. they've come off from somewhere near 80 percent in most states to it's different in every state, somewhere around that 50 level yeah, at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that's a point I wanted to make. So around the, the different markets, once again, we've spoken about this on our, on our show a number of times, but the, the, the Australian property market isn't one market. So within the Australian property market, there's obviously several states and within the states, there's, several, there's many, many, many different areas and they all perform differently. So yes, Melbourne and Sydney are probably the two that get a lot of the press for having the strong run capital cities as, as or major cities as they have but there's plenty other cities out there at the moment that haven't had, had that, that growth had yeah. that growth and uh, any you know brisbane cairns like the reason i mentioned cairns is because we just come back there from our staff conference and uh, coincidentally i was just in the cab um to the airport and speaking to a, a, a the, the taxi driver who bought his a uh, his, his two-bedroom unit for many years ago for I don't know maybe five years ago for $150,000 and he reckons it's not worth any more than $150,000 yeah. at the moment so Definitely. it's just it's hard to you know make these sweeping statements about our property market when there's so there's so many variations within it and the other thing just to I think is important to clarify is when we're compared to the American market all you have to do is look back to of the performance uh, of the different states so we're talking about the GFC around 10 years ago or the credit crunch around 10 years ago when this happened. Different states can perform That's differently. Right. It wasn't every property in the US that fell 50%, was it? Well, yeah, definitely not. And some had only you know, very small falls like the, you know, some of the, um, the more uh, maybe blue chip states, perhaps like New York and Boston had modest falls mm. where you know, might have other, other states that had you know, maybe close to that 50% fall. So yeah. it's, um, I guess you, know, you have to be careful about what you say, you, know, you have to look a bit deeper, don't you, to kind of understand the nuances yeah. of the markets. But and I also think that I mean, one of the things that led to the global financial crisis was leading up to that, probably many years before that, the the, the regulators did relax the lending rules, which enabled people who were on lower incomes and so forth to be able to buy property. Mm. Um, and you know, th- there's common stories of banks lending 110 percent of mm. the value of properties. Now, I don't think that's happened here. Um, I think our banking system has been very strong, and I know there's, you know, there was a lot of discussion last night about the banks further tightening their lending criteria. You know, interest-only loans has, has been getting a lot of press, um, and yeah, that that is slowing the market. It, it's slowing the number of investors in the market. Um, but there's nothing wrong with there's a, well, there's a big difference between a correction and an absolute, you know disaster isn't there like a market coming off 10 20 percent you'd hope that that's not going to hurt too many people um but there's a big difference between that and what they were talking about last night which was you know armageddon 40 percent falls and defaults and all sorts of you know crazy things perhaps but as i said only time will tell as to what happens but um i suppose we tend to have a more measured view and 
and and one of the comments was that everyone everyone will lose well you only lose if you sell and i think you know whenever our, our advice would always be that whenever you're looking at buying a property whether it's right now or in the past the simple fact is that if you're going to be impacted by a 10% fall in the market or a rising interest rate environment, you probably shouldn't have bought that property to begin with. Mm. Um, so I think it's important you know, to, to do all that homework before you enter the property market because markets can move against you in a very short period of time. And even during the GFC, the market did come off a little bit. Um, but if you weren't selling, you weren't losing. And if you could hang on to it long enough, then the mm. markets do eventually recover again. Mm. Um, so you need to be in a position where... Yes, you've got equity, but also you've got the cash flow to to ride through that downturn. Um, if if there are raises of or increases in interest rates over time, hmm. um, you know w- whether you're at that point now. Um, I, I don't know what you can do about it if you if you're already under financial stress and and rates are rising. Then maybe you you may be a forced seller, but that's probably proof of the lack of homework from the outset, isn't it? Not necessarily the market's crashing that there's going to be this economic disaster. Hmm. If the market did fall forty percent, if this was right, firstly, you don't you're not going to have any problems if you can if you can keep servicing your your loan. Um, so that's the first thing, isn't it? Like, a, like yeah. you, as you as we always say, take that long term view, and the market will go up. Of course, you don't want to see your property being marked down on paper forty percent, but as long as you can keep making your payments, look. I'd be very surprised if that happened. I'd be very surprised if banks were going to foreclose on everybody, no. even if they had negative equity. Well, they've got nothing to gain from that, really. Yeah, they? exactly. They, they've got exactly nothing to gain from that. So that'd be a very extreme situation. But um, yeah, I think you know, that one of the points from I was going to mention from the the report is that you know, yes, you can go around Australia and find two or three people that are struggling. Um, but that that would be through any economic environment. Yeah, that that, that you could have found that years ago, like. You know, as we were saying before, even leading up to the GFC when interest rates were getting up to in excess of 9%, there's always going to be people in mortgage stress. That's always going to be the case. Mm. Um, and you know, as, as you were saying, you're, you're going to find just as many now because they've probably borrowed too much money. With, you know, in a very strong market, property prices are expensive. Mm. But as we've said so many times, the simple fact is that we're in an extremely low interest rate environment you know, and, and if you're looking at buying a property now, you've really got to factor in that rates could go higher because otherwise you do get put in that position. Now, is, is that the bank's fault that you've, you've borrowed money? You know, there was, mm. there was comments last night almost blaming the banks for yeah. even lending money to these people. There's a bit of accountability yeah. here, isn't there? I, like you've got to take ownership of it yourself, surely. I completely agree. I was gonna, I was gonna raise that point, Glenn. Where and, and this isn't protecting the banks by no, know, not, I have no interest. No in way. Yeah, I couldn't believe how, how much they pointed out. You know, the the bank being the villain. I mean, I'm, I guess I, I I've spoken about. I'm I'm cautious on anyone investing too much in banks, but because there's risks that present present in front of banks. But the way that they, um, I guess, pointed painted banks as the villain. I was very surprised by that, and um, as you said, Glenn, if people go out and borrow too much money uh, based on the current circumstances at the time, being whatever interest rates are, the, are at the time, uh, record low. That, so someone might have gone out and borrowed at four percent interest rates, and you need a factor that they could go to their long-term average of maybe six odd percent yeah. very easily, and that yeah, that's going to put stress on people. And um, I mean, I was surprised by the the, the retiree that they spoke about who has a, a portfolio of interest-only loans. And I'm just thinking, if you're a retiree, do you want... 
I don't know. Just I just found it interesting that this guy had a lot of interest-only loans anyway. But <laughs> for as a retiree, Buffett said many times. Suddenly, when the sea, what, what does he say? When when the when the tides go out, that you see who's who's been swimming naked. And and this mm. is where people who have been doing that sort of thing, where they're overgeared, they've got a lot of investment. You know, they've, they've bought all these investment properties because the market's been so hot, and, and that fear of missing out. They've got all the interest-only loans. These are the situations mm. where people will get hurt in that environment. But once again, is that is that because of the market forces? Is that because the banks have lent them too much money, or is it because they've just, you know, been a bit too aggressive, and shouldn't have done things that they've done to begin with? Mm. Yeah, and look, the, I know some some of the banks in the last few weeks have increased their uh, their interest rates out of out of cycle. Where the RBA Reserve Bank of Australia didn't increase uh, the official rate cash rate, but banks have by I think around fifteen basis points and. Yeah, look. Of course, that's not uh not welcomed, but to to mo- many investors out there. But you know, you'd like to think that you can handle a, a fifteen basis point increase in, as, as in interest before, rates. If you can't <laughs> handle a fifteen basis point interest rate increase, then you probably shouldn't have borrowed that amount of money to begin with. And, and look, that's just being brutally honest. Um, we, we'd understand that these sorts of comments are pretty harsh, um, but you do need to do your sensitivity analysis. And, and, and that's been one of the motivations behind this podcast is to improve financial awareness because a lot of people don't have the financial skill to even look at things like that. They just look at, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm buying this house. This is how much I have to borrow. These are what my repayments are going to be um, and probably don't have the knowledge to look beyond that and the impacts of interest rate increases or you know having a buffer in case you're, you're out of work for a period of time. All these sorts of things which are really important because you know whenever you're borrowing, whether it's borrowing for investment or borrowing for your home, you always need to factor in the worst case scenario because you, the only time you'll lose is when you're a forced seller and you're a forced seller when you can't meet repayments um, for a short period of time perhaps or even an extended period of time and the market's down in that period that you have to sell, that's when you lose money. Because yes, markets go through downturns but more often than not, the year after the massive downturn, there's always generally an increase, isn't there? Yeah. So it's a matter of being able to ride through that one year of if the market fell 40 percent it's not, not going to continue falling 40 percent every year mm. um but on on top of the fact that you know there's different markets different suburbs different cities there's also different types of property uh, and there's probably different types of property that you should be more alarming or you know that should have the alarm bells ringing like you know we've spoken a few times about the high-rise apartments these sorts of things whether there's an oversupply of that sort of market that's probably where there's probably higher risk than maybe a you know, a house with a reasonable block of land, a good location, you're probably in a better position to sort of withstand that downturn. Um, so, so with all those sorts of comments, Nathan, what, what, would, what would our advice be to people who are you know, maybe finding it a little bit tough right now and, uh, you know, are watching stories like 60 Minutes last night and getting a little bit concerned and thinking, gee, do, should I sell my property and get out now while I can? Mm-hmm. What, what, would, what would your advice be? Yeah. What, what, what should we be saying to our listeners? My first advice would be uh, don't, I guess, don't jump at shadows. I mean, just listen. If you want to watch that report, watch that report, but also um, maybe watch another report where there's a more val- a balanced view or, you know, listen to this podcast where hopefully there's a, a more, more balanced view. I'd also say, you know, get an opinion or get advice. So, I mean, seek advice from whether it's a someone independent, a financial advisor, you know, where you can put your situation down in front of them and, and they can give you their honest opinion. And if the outcome of that discussion is, you know, you're in a, under a little bit of pressure here, you know, from a cash flow point of view, or 
there's not a lot of equity in your property and you're struggling with cash flow, well, then maybe you should sell the property. Yeah, definitely. But, to, you know, like a... But that, that should be a scenario anyway, shouldn't it? I mean, regardless mm. of whether you think the market's going to fall 50% or 40% or not, yeah, you, you should probably be looking at your situation now and saying, well, if rates do go up, am I going to be able to afford these repayments? Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, right. I, think, I think you're right. I mean, the number one thing would be not to panic. Do, do your homework. Look at your, look at your financial position. Um, you know, if you can, try and pay as much of the principal down while interest rates are really low. Um, but, but I suppose, you know, if you do make the decision to sell because you think the markets are going to fall, the, the question I would always ask people is, okay, you, you want to sell. When, when do you buy back? Do you ever buy back or are you going to wait for the market to recover again? Because I've just seen so many times, even on the equity market, where people think, oh, you know, I think the market's going to fall. I might want to sell. Well, okay, let's just say you're selling your Commonwealth Bank shares at $70. When, when do you buy back into them again? Because mm. more often than not, people regain that confidence to buy back in when the market's already gone back above where they sold out. So what are you gaining from that? And also with property, you've got stamp duty and transaction costs and mm. things like that. So yeah, you might sell your half a million dollar home and it might fall to you know, 400 450 But then when do you get back in? Then you've got the stamp duty costs, all the transaction costs. So I think our advice would be that if you can ride through the wave of volatility or, or price reductions, as long, if you're not selling it, you're not losing. And if, and if you've made the plan that you want to stay in that home for 10 years, does it really matter if your mm. price, of, if the value of your property reduces in the short term? Mm. Yeah, if it's a long-term, any investment should be long-term. And in that example you mentioned there, Glenn, if it goes down to, if it's a $500,000 market value, say just recently and it goes down to 400000 does it like does it matter if you if you if you like that property even if it's an investment or it's just you live in paper, it it's just paper isn't it and does it and, matter? and I bet you what in ten years time twenty years time it'll be worth a lot more I know the value of money goes up with inflation but just take, stripping that out it'll be worth a lot more than than probably five hundred thousand dollars that property if it's in you know in a blue I was just about to make the point if it's a if it's in a blue chip area like when you're investing in anything. If it's a good investment, so you know, it's, if we're talking property, if it's in a good area with a growing population and uh, good infrastructure, why wouldn't you want to own that property for a long period of time? Yeah, and also look at the fundamentals that drive, you know, the property values. It's in economics one hundred and one. It's demand and supply. Now, with property, they're not making any more land. We keep, you know, you keep hearing that. Um, and it's interesting that in the paper today there was a story about obviously the population growth in Melbourne. So you can't, you, mm. you got one side of the equation saying oh, the market's going to fall 40% and there's all these issues. But then there's the other side, which is saying, well, Melbourne's still growing as a city. There's population growth, which is the highest rate in the country. They're the things that are going to drive property mm. values longer term. But it, once again, it's the longer term fundamentals, not in the short term, anything can happen regardless of what those fundamentals are. If people think the market's going to fall and they start selling, then it becomes that self-fulfilling mm. prophecy, doesn't it? But that's the short-term movement. Mm. If you're not forced to crystallize and, and sell during the, you know, that sort of volatile period, then over a long period of time, you'd hope that so long as the fundamentals stick around where it's you know, population growth um, and demands exceeding supply, then good quality property will, you know, will always do well over a 10-year period.
And, and just we spoke before about the comparisons with America and that was a, a lot different because um, you know, now you can look back and the, the oversupply of housing was a lot different over there to what it is here. So they had a big oversupply yeah, right. issue. And, and we in, in, in Australia, generalisation for a second, we, we don't. Um, I know an immigration is continue, continually on the rise. Melbourne and Sydney are always amongst the most livable and popular cities where, where they're growing significantly. So yes, apartments and, and, and dwell, like home or dwellings, they may be different in terms of oversupply. And we've cautioned, you just mentioned before, Glenn, about you know, being careful maybe with an apartment in a high-density area where there's lots of them. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I think you just need to be careful and understand you know, the whole market and, and just don't make rush decisions. So yeah, don't, don't panic. Don't make you know, irrational decisions. And it just sticks in my head, Glenn. I've, I watched a, a show um, many, many years ago, um, a guy named Steve Keen. Well, you probably heard of him, well-known I don't even know, an economist I think he is, and he, he predicted a, you know, something like this, a 50% crash in the um, Australian property market. I think it was close to 10 years ago, like yeah. six, seven, eight years ago maybe, a long time ago, and he was famously wrong. So, And he was a so-called expert at the time. So you know, if you had to listen to his, vi- his advice and sold out, you would have, it would have hurt you uh, a lot. So, um, Glenn, before we kind of look to wrap this up, I'm going to ask you a couple of things, but... Did you, we spoke about, I think you asked me the question, but to put it back on you, do you have any other, any advice to, to listeners around this whole topic? I think, as I said, the, the main thing is don't, don't make irrational decisions. Don't panic. Um, don't, don't listen so much to, to the alarmist type things like this. And look, it may turn out to be right, but will it impact you if you don't sell? No, it's not going to. Um, but, but I think that regardless of where you think the market might be heading, you should be doing that sensitivity analysis, the due diligence now. Look at your financial position. Can, can I cope if the market falls? Will I be forced to sell? Can I cope if interest rates go up? And if, if you can't, then yes, maybe you need to assess your situation, but I'd, I'd definitely encourage people to get professional advice before they start doing that. Um, but I think, as I said before, you should be really doing that um, sensitivity analysis regardless of what you think the market's doing. Because you know, notwithstanding the fact that markets might fall, we are going to look at interest rates increasing, so that that is going to for that, that is going to affect, um, you know, the serviceability of loans. Mm. So just to to finish off, um, you know, we've spoken a lot on this podcast about not making, um, you know, the danger of making predictions. But I think for the sake of, um, you know, giving our point of view, I wouldn't mind just having a quick discussion about what we think might play out, and you know, take it with a grain of salt if you want. It's just an opinion. Um, I'll start, Glenn, but I, I think that the 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 capital cities of um, Melbourne and Sydney, yes, have had that tremendous run where prices have gone up significantly. Uh, I, I think a some kind of a pullback correction um, will be healthy for the both markets. We're probably already seeing that, aren't we? From, from from my observations and just talking to even agents, some of them already saying the prices have come off ten percent. Some have said ten ten percent. Look. You know, where, I think it depends on obviously depends on the suburb because yeah. I don't definitely don't think all suburbs would have come yeah. off ten percent. But yeah, definitely might have been two percent in one suburb, ten percent in another and one. That, but that's probably f- the thing to bear in mind is yes, it's probably come off ten, but how much did it go up in the, in year the last ahead. year? Probably ten percent. So it's probably so just come off to where it was this time last year. Back so back to where it was a year ago, maybe. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've definitely started to see it. Um, yeah, I, I personally think I wouldn't be surprised if we see it a little bit more. Um, but you know, that just just my two cents. I think you know we might be in for a little bit more of a fall. Yeah. I don't. At the end of the day, I don't have a crystal ball. I, I don't know. Um, you know, you try to make a value decision based on 
on many factors. So I think the fact that we have strong immigration in in, in, in Melbourne in particular, where we where we are, um, and we haven't had a huge oversupply of um, of property. And as you said, they're not making more prop more land. I think that'll help support support uh, property prices. Did you want to add anything to to that, Glenn? Yeah, I think that they're they're. We're definitely in for a correction. I agree with you know the party is over. There's no doubt about they that. They don't property prices don't go up every, every, we're forever not and ever. Do have they? the same returns that we've had for the last ten years. I think that's that's without question. Um, well, one of the things that we always hate when people say property always goes up, and yeah, it does go up, but in the short term it can go down, can't that, it? That's right. Yeah, yeah. and I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, I think that there might be some, you know, when they're talking about forty percent reductions, the the disappointing thing is that people just think that applies to everything. I mean, to be honest, if, if I was just, and this is all just guesstimating, I would say that there could be property prices go down that far in some locations. Mm. If we're looking at high-rise apartments, that's where I believe the risk is. Yeah, due um, to the oversupply. Due to the oversupply, as that starts yep. coming on, on stream, um, there's probably a lot of vacancies in those, um, in those buildings. Foreign buyers aren't there anymore. Um, I think that's where the risk is. But if you're looking at you know in you know your traditional three four bedroom home, yes, there might be a, t- a ten to fifteen percent correction, not not a not an absolute bubble bursting. And then you might just see my my sort of internal thoughts are that there might be a correction and then a flat market for an extended period of time. That that's my for what it's worth my guess or my prediction. Yep. But you know who knows? It, it's impossible to predict. But if if, if I'm sort of throwing something in a dart at the wall that that's what it will be excellent all right well i think that's a good place to to wrap up so just to very quickly summarize um we both watched the a 60 minutes report um on property indicating that it could fall 40 percent um we thought it was very alarmist and you know yeah that could happen but uh it's probably the extreme outcome um so um we just spoke spoke about a few things where we tried to offer a more balanced opinion on the australian property market Um, So once again, thanks for for listening and look forward to having you next week. Thanks everybody for listening again to another episode of the Money Mentors podcast. Um, If you enjoy the the content, please do subscribe to the podcast um, via um, any good podcasting app. Um, Once again, please check out our major sponsors website, Hewison Private Wealth. Um, So just just search for Hewson Private Wealth online. Also check out Hewson Private Wealth's um, social media channels, Facebook, LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, thanks again. We'll see you next week.